This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hi, I'm Adam. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so therefore you never miss out on any content we throw your way. And if you'd be so kind as to write us a lovely five-star review on iTunes, it just helps us increase visibility with the iTunes charts on a worldwide basis. Much appreciated. So, the big news today is that the pros are allowed to go to the Olympics. Let's get the thoughts of Box Nation's super pundit, Steve Lillis on that. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Well, like most people, we expected this anyway. It's just a case of when they were going to confirm it. Um, like everyone else, it's not something... Well, everyone else I've spoken to and seem to be hearing from on social networking, I think it's a horrible decision. I, I don't like it, you know, one bit. Um, you know, at, at the best, you could have said go for 2020, but there's guys who have just put their life and soul into the last four years. Yeah. Guys from Liverpool, like Anthony Fowler, who's going mm. to um, Rio, uh, hoping for a middleweight gold. Um, these sort of guys, it's terrible for They put their life into this, and suddenly a, a professional can go into the final qualifier. How many go, and the quality of professional that go to the uh, this Olympics, though, I do have my doubts. Mm. I can't believe, right, when I've looked at the actual um, voting system, that 84 of the 88 delegates voted in favour of this. I mean, who are these people that are uh, who are doing it? Are they boxing people? I don't Mate, think so. The, the people who run Aiba is a guy called Dr. Wu, who's at the um, head, of the, head, of the, head of the... He's almost like the little guy with a dodgy haircut in North Korea. You know, the guy that has the, the mad <laughs> uniform on, the mad haircut, and, look, and looks like a little home pride advert man? That dude... Is um, Doctor Wu in boxing? What he says at Aiba goes. Don't matter how many vote, he's the boss. Wow. I've worked at the London 2012, and and I was working for Locog, who were doing all the, the yeah. media stuff for um, the Olympics. And I was on the boxing, and nothing could go out without Doctor Wu giving his approval. Wow. Believe me, and that's Aiba's involvement in the Olympics. So it's just the the, the the Olympic Committee have now got to ratify this, but they will trust me on it. But it's terrible. But how many boxers will do it? I don't know. What what people have got to take into account is that the, the boxers. When you go to the Olympics, you've still got to weigh in before he, every fight. Mm. Top professionals aren't used to holding their weight for a week in a competition. Yeah, you know, you, you, I'm sure you'll get on Anthony Fowler or someone, and they'll tell you how difficult that that will be. That, that's what makes me think many boxers won't go. And I did it. I'm not going to say the name. I've got, I'm, I could have been given the wrong information. I was told last week of one top boxer, non-European, non-British, who was offered $300,000 by his government to try and qualify for the Olympics. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's is where we're going to be at, because we are turning... This is becoming a, a capitalist thing at the end of the day, where governments are obviously um, incentivising boxers to participate in this, because there's probably a financial benefit to that government regarding funding for boxing hey, going forward. You've said it, it's purely political, and you're going to get these countries, maybe South American countries... African countries that don't have a lot, don't that don't you know get a lot of funding, getting these gold medals, you know, or trying to put their big name boxes in for gold medals with a cash carrot for them. Mm. Um, but you know what? Also, how how many how many world champions would you fancy against the elite amateurs of today? No, because these guys have had the WSB experience, which is as good as pro boxing. You find that WSB and you have ten fights in that, you're good enough to go pro and fight for a domestic title in your second, third fight. Like Joe Joyce, the heavyweight, the super yeah. heavyweight, who's, who's going there. 
Um, he's had 15 fights in the WSB. He's second or third pro fight. You wouldn't be scared of putting him against Dillian White or David Price for a British title because of the experience he's had at WSB level. Absolutely, like you've just said there. For me, it's two different sports. Amateur boxing and, and professional boxing, it's two totally different sports. Obviously, three times three rather than three times 12, all these types of things, different styles and all this type of stuff. And as you just said, the top amateurs, the top amateurs, you would probably favour them in every single bout that they go into. Yeah, you, you, you would. And, you know, you certainly would, especially against the Cubans and the guys that have been... Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, fought at elite level for a long time. You know, in the WSB, there's British fighters in there. I won't put many in against Joe Joyce. Anthony Fowler would fancy his chances against a lot of them. You know, there was, but what doesn't help matters today, there's been a lot of stuff, you know, being written, say, who could go? There's only two more British places up. Yeah. One at 64 and 69, like Welter and Welter. Welter yeah. Um, they can only go to the last qualifier, not the next. But what hasn't helped thing, and I'm a, I'm a big fan, I get on very well. I don't think Amir Khan's helped things with his no. quotes from Pakistan saying, I want to go and represent Pakistan, which no problem, that's who he wants to represent. But he knows it's not going to happen this year. He mm. knows it's not. So I don't know why, why Amir's coming out with that. Regarding people talking about the danger... Can you imagine if you ever get yourself in a situation where you have an unknown amateur cut from some random country who's just coming through the ranks and he gets drawn in the first round against Golovkin, for example, who's there? It could happen. It could happen, but that's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's why this is ridiculous, because you're putting kids in in serious danger. Massive danger. As you know, Adam, there's a lot of elite boxers at the Olympics. You you, you follow boxing staunchly. Um, There's a lot of top-class fighters there, but also at the Olympics... You get a lot of very ordinary fighters. Mm. For some reason, their qualifiers are a lot easier than what the Europeans are going through. And you get guys from you know, remote islands like Madagascar going in at heavyweight or yeah. middleweight. What about if some poor little Madagascar middleweight, who's no better than the club level, um, got drawn against Golovkin? There was one African super heavyweight who, the last Olympics in London, who had to pull out the competition because he didn't even find a head guard big enough for him. These are the sort of fighters you're, you're, you're getting that, that do, that do, that they're at the low end. As much as there's elite fighters at the Olympics, there's, there's, you know, there's always a, there's a handful in a lot of the busier divisions who shouldn't be there. Absolutely. Um, here's a random question for you, Steve. This has just come into my thought process. If you're an amateur, right, and you've, gone, you've, you've attempted to qualify as an amateur for the Olympics, but you didn't qualify, could you then immediately turn pro and then try and qualify as a pro? Yeah, I, I dare say you, yeah, <laughs> I dare say, that, no, well, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, if you read the, the statement from the GB team today, there's two qualifiers left. Um, you know, they've got, they've got already ten boxers there, eight men, two women. The next qualifier event in Baku yeah. in a couple of weeks' time, um, professional boxers are not eligible to compete in that. I think Britain are sending the two boxers to try and qualify at Lelt like Welter Welter and Welter. Yeah. And five boxers from that will qualify for Rio. So our full quota could be there. Mm. But there's nothing to stop boxers. To, you know, I don't think, I mean, I, I, we've got to see how this, next, this qualifying event in Venezuela in early July is going to work that they can go to. Um, how, how it's going to work. Can you just pitch up and say, I'm, I'm go, I, want, I, I want to be sent? I mean, I, that, that, that's still got to be determined. But mm. uh, the question you ask, um, may, maybe that can happen. But the pro, pro, what it seems is, is that pros are going to be allowed to the final, the final event. Mm. 
It's a kick in the teeth, this. We mentioned Anthony Fowler, and he's been on the show recently. It's a kick in the teeth for the likes of Anthony Fowler, who have sacrificed turning pro for the last four or five years in order to achieve this dream, going to the Olympics, and hopefully, fingers crossed, coming home with a gold medal. He could have been earning money for the last four or five it, years. It's criminal. Summer, yeah, it's someone like Anthony got in, was in the Olympics, and please, you'll have a great run, as a lot of us believe he can, mm. um, and got to the semi-finals, and he suddenly drew, and I'm being hypothetical, yep. Golovkin suddenly decides to go, he's not going to be happy, is he? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, so the last four years, he's gone around the world, and the last four years of that boy's life, well, it's not a boy, that, that man's life, has been purely about one thing, yeah. getting to Rio. You, you, you have to read any interview of Anthony. All he's gone on about is Rio, my Olympic dream, my Olympic dream, then I'm going pro. He's never made any secret that he's going no, pro absolutely. after this. He's, you know, a lot of them say, I don't know. Anthony, you ask him a question, he'll tell you what, he, what he's doing. <laughs> he's as straight as they come. And he's going, but the last four years, his life has just been about Rio, Rio. You, you see, he... he, he he must do 20 tweets a day and 10 must mention Rio. He's been obsessed by this for four years. And it would be heartbreaking if his dream got shattered because one of the middleweight world champions suddenly thought, oh, I'm going to have a go at this. Mm. Where does this put the amateur game now for you? Well, amateurs are going to think, you know, think twice now because, you know, 2020 is going to be a different ball game at the 2020 Olympics because they've made it clear and more boxers, you know, now they'll have time to think about it, how they can hold weight over a week. And there's going to be a lot of fighters now just say, well, damn this, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. I'm not going to hang around for four years. I'm turning over now. I'm not going to, you know, give my life and soul and preparing for four years of hard fights at a hard level, mm. boxing in the WSB against world-class opponents week in, week out. Suddenly, Day in, day I'm, out as well in the amateurs. It's yeah. like they have one after the other after the That's other. Right, but that WSB competition where they fight every week against world-class fighters is staggeringly hard, Adam. Mm. And the... the they're just going to think, damn it, I'm turning over. I think, it, it, you know, if it, this, it, 2020 is when it's really going to take off with pros going in. You know, they'll, 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 they'll realise, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll they have time to prepare for it, how they've got to train for three threes, how quick they've got to start, because you have yeah. to get off to a good start. And you get a lot of top-class pros. You have a look at an opponent for a couple of rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted, really, because... The, the reason why boxing is probably booming right at this moment in time, and we are doing extremely well with the amount of world champions we've got, is off the back of the legacy of 2012. I mean, look what he it, did. Look what he did for us. It goes, and it's, this has all started, and I, you know, people will slaughter me for it. This all started back in 2000 when Audley Harrison got that gold yeah, medal. Yeah, absolutely. The funding started from then. Then the success of 2008 with the Gow's gold and the um, Pricey's bronze, Pricey, yeah, yeah. Tony Jeffrey's bronze. That got more funding. 2012 got more funding, and it's got, got it's, it's, it's eventually ended up with it set up in Sheffield at the English Institute of Sport. Yep. That is the envy of the world. Fighters, amateur countries from all over the world want to go there. Yep. You know, to come to spar with our men and use those facilities. Mm. You know, you don't. In the past, you'll get British amateurs having to go around the world to spar with, with the best. You know, Anthony Fowler, you know, um, has, has the best amateurs in the world coming to see him at his facility. Yeah. And, th and, that's, that, and that's what's happened. I think a lot of boxers, they'll see this is getting serious. They'll think, I'm going to go, go over now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, listen, just moving on to the pro game quickly, because I know you're in action this weekend, mate. Obviously, a big one in Liverpool uh, on Box Nation. Liam, uh, Liam Smith defending his, uh, his world crown. You'd anticipate, I mean, uh, all right, he's up against the kid that's uh, only been beaten against Felix Sturm. 
but you'd anticipate them to come through this and maybe set up something massive with either one of the Charlo twins or Lara or who knows, maybe Canelo. Yeah. Hey, look, you know, it's a massive, it's still a massive fight for Liam. He's got to, look, you know, he's got to look good. And also, what I understand is he's going to be shown on American TV yeah. on Showtime. Now, there's still debating, I think, whether it's going to go live or... or um, a delayed showing later yeah. that night, but he's getting big exposure in America. And if he if he goes and gets Radosevic out the way in you know seven six seven rounds, it'd be a good statement, and people in America will recognise him. Look, Miguel Cotto's the mandatory contender for his title. Yeah, and you know I, I know that's a fight he dreams of at Madison Square Garden. I understand there's some sort of offer for him to fight. Canelo um, on September 16 or 17 in Las Vegas. That's yeah. on the table. Mm. So there's big fights out there. You know what? I still wouldn't be shocked if he ended up fight. He ended up fighting Miguel Cotto at some stage in the next 10, 12 months. I think he beats Cotto. You know, I don't. This th- state, it's this stage of his career, and I tell yeah. you what, he, he'll he'll give. I'm not saying he'll beat Alvarez. He'll give Alvarez all the all the problems in the world. He's a very very unsung fighter, Liam. He's spiteful. He's nasty. Yep. He just goes about his work. Well, you know, his, his brothers have had all the attention. Um, Paul, who he turned pro first, Callum, who we know is just is the best prospect in Britain in, to me anyway, without yep. a doubt. And, and Stephen, he, he seems to have more attention than them. He had less attention, even though he's the world champion. But he's coming through now. Hey, and there's no reason why he can't break through into the mainstream in 12, 18 months. And a fight against Canelo would do that, and Cotto would also launch him that way. Absolutely. Just on the undercard, Paul Butler's in action. Um, obviously, previously the bantamweight champion. He's stepped down in weight, hopefully making a little bit of history. He's technically two fights away from making that happen, isn't he? Because well, this is eliminated this that, weekend. That's it. Well, if he wins, he ends up in some unpronounced... Well, I'll try not to pronounce the size <laughs> name. He's Good from luck. Bangkok, and this guy's called Petch Bong Born Coquette Jim. Well done, mate. His real surname is Tortanapino, but this Jim sponsor him, so he changed his name, like a lot of these ties do. <laughs> but the tie's got a good record. He's only, I think, he lost, I think he's the first, only four of his first ten, but he's 34 and two since then, only lost twice in mm. six years. But ties are notoriously bad travellers when it comes to losing the last few pounds. So hopefully um, you get plenty of cold weather across there in Liverpool in the next couple of days when coquette Jim's trying to lose those last few ounces. Jim, uh, sun's out today, mate. You'll be you'll be cracking flags at the weekend, pal. I'll be over there topless tomorrow, mate. <laughs> uh, Ryan Farag is well in action, uh, defending his uh, European title. The best fight on the bill, that one against Kareem Gurphy. Real 50-50 fight. And I think I said to you, I spoke to you before, last time we spoke on, on Radio City, Adam, that I think Ryan's the one that could suddenly come from nowhere and suddenly land a world title fight and win it. Yeah. I think he's improved every fight. He's very, very good. He lives a life. He's got a good gym at Everton Red Triangle. And um, it's fantastic to see him, him becoming another of Liverpool's success stories. There's too many boxing success stories over there. Mate, it's sensational. And we've adopted one as well with the Scouse South African in Zelani <laughs> Tete. He's the boy, isn't he? Trust me, he can fight. He could fight. And you know what? I would, I would put him in against... Lee Haskins, the IBF bantamweight champion, yeah. and Jamie McDonnell in a heartbeat. You, you've got Dave Caldwell coming up later on. He trains Jamie McDonnell. Mm. Uh, that, that's, that, that's, a, that's a tough, tough, you know. He'd be a tough fight for both of them. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.